From the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, today, beloved, we come to Zechariah chapter 12. We finally hit the point of the second coming, Zechariah's future king received. He is anointed. The rejected king will be anointed. We will look at, uh, he, he is, there is a, uh, we, we have been the uh, fourth and final part of Zechariah's prophecy. Let me just review for you Zechariah's future kingdom uh, in Zechariah, his, uh, his revelation of that is in chapters 1 through 6. Zechariah's feasts of the kingdoms revealed in chapter 7, 8. And Zechariah's future king rejected, 9, 10, and 11. Zechariah's future king received, 12, 13, and 14. The, re, uh, the anointed king rejected, the rejected king anointed. In chapter 12, we'll see the curse. In chapter 13, the compassion. Zechariah 14, the coronation. And uh, the, these are the outlines of the remaining chapter. Now, let me uh, just share this by way of introduction today. The words in that day, those three words in that day occur 23 times in that book. It is found 16 times between chapters 12 and 14. It refers to the day of the Lord. It refers to that period of time that is at least 1,007 years following uh, 1,007 years, including the rapture of the, following the rapture of the church. Jerusalem is found 37 times by mentioned in the book of Zechariah in 14 chapters. It is found 20 times in chapters 12 through 14. These final chapters deal with the second advent of Jesus Christ. More specifically, they, deal, they all deal with the final three and a half years uh, of, the great, of the tribulation called the Great Tribulation or the time of Jacob's trouble. The, now look, uh, it deals mostly with the, the, the tribulation is divided into two parts. Three and a half years, the beginning of sorrows, Jesus told us about in Matthew. The last three and a half years, the great tribulation. And all these together combined, those two is seven year tribulation, but it's the time of great tribulation or Jacob's trouble. Now these chapters that we're going to go through also include the establishment of the millennial kingdom of Christ to follow. Now, the Antichrist is introduced in chapter 11, verses 15 through 17, as a key figure of this day. The period of time from Genesis chapter 3 to Revelation 19 has been a time of satanic struggle against the government of over and over the government of this world. The time before and after uh, Genesis 3 to Revelation 19 has, is a theocracy. Now the prince of the power of the air is the god of this world from Genesis 3 to Revelation 19. The Antichrist has a program, a power, and a persecution that he is executing. Zechariah 12 is the beginning of the execution of his persecution. This corresponds with Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 17. This chapter is divided into five parts. All of them are seen by this phrase that I just mentioned, in that day. Now, let's begin with verses 1 through 3. In that day of Messiah's strength declared. Now let me read for you these first three verses of Zechariah chapter 12. 
the burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, which saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of a man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Remember, we said before that Zechariah 12.1 is the authority and the hinge of both of these prophecies and all six chapters. There are 42 verses before this chapter and 43 verses after this verse. The one giving these prophecies of the anointed king rejected and the rejected king anointed is the creator king himself. He says, as surely as I laid the foundation of the world, I will come again. There are two things the scoffers are ignorant of in the last moments of the last days. They are ignorant of of creation. We live in a world of evolution, my beloved friend, and the flood, and how little we hear about the flood. The sovereignty and the authority of God's judgment. That's why we don't want to talk about the flood today. Why do you think evolution is so high on the program of the world? It's taught in great depth in every public school. Dr. Graham Scroge was a famous preacher of days gone by from Edinburgh, Scotland. I have several of his books on my shelf, and he was preaching at the Keswick Convention one year in England years ago when you could actually attend it. I wouldn't recommend it these days. He made this statement, modernists tell us that Genesis is a myth and that Revelation is a mystery. He made a passing rhetorical remark that he wondered who it was that inspired that theory. Suddenly, a voice from the crowd shouted out, the devil. He's, he made a remark in passing as he was preaching. Who inspired that theory that Genesis is a myth and Revelation is a mystery? And a man from the crowd shouted out the devil. Dr. Scroge from his pulpit replied, quite right. And I will tell you why the devil is so anxious to get rid of Genesis and Revelation. Because in Genesis, his sentence is declared and in Revelation, it is executed. And I don't know about you, but that brings a smile to my face because the God of this world has brought much destruction to this world and harm and, dis and discouragement to every life, even the children of heaven uh, that live on in the days of their flesh on this earth. And in Genesis, the, uh, the, the sentence is declared against Satan and in Revelation, it's executed and we are very close to Jesus executing judgment and executing judgment upon the devil. T. DeWitt Talmadge said when he was alive, the dogma of evolution is an old heathen corpse set up in a morgue. It's a dead man's God. It's a dead man's doctrine and it's a doctrine that leads to eternal death. I hate evolution. And you can get upset at me all you want, but I, under, I don't understand how the people of God place their children, the babies of, uh, of God, uh, the children of Christian homes, into an environment of public education that says there is no God, that evolution is a fact and not a, uh, and, and not a theory, and that teaches evolution, refuses creation, doesn't let us pray, doesn't want us to read our Bible, doesn't let you witness. And I, in the years I have pastored, I deal with parents who put their kids in this environment and these are always the issues that come up over and over again and and, and yet uh, God's babies ought not be put in a place of discipleship where God's people are not wanted now this earth science tells us weighs 6,600 quintillion tons now I don't know where they get the scales to put this on but they say that the planet earth is 6,600 quintillions this is what you do. Write 6,600. That's a number we, we know. 
then put 18 zeros behind it. Now you can put this planet that weighs 6,600 plus 18 zeros, quintillion tons, into our sun, the earth will fit into the sun 1,300,000 times. 1,300,000 planets uh, that the size of earth will fit into our sun. One, to, the sun is a medium-sized star and the smallest star in our galaxy. It's just an average-sized star. And you can fit our planet into it 1,300,000 times. If you wanted to put the sun into another particular star in our galaxy, uh, they, um, and let's put the sun in another star that's in our galaxy. It would. Th there's another star in our, our galaxy. I believe it's Alpha Centauri. I, you can't quote me on that. My memory might fail me on that. But I know there's another star in our galaxy that our sun can literally go into that star 99 million times. 99 million of our suns that will hold 1,300,000 planet Earth that weighs 6,600 quintillions, again, 18 zeros behind it, inside our sun, and then that 99 million times into another star. And I'm only talking about the Earth, the sun, and one other star. Three, that is only one, and I'm only talking about two of 100 billion stars in our galaxy. The speed of light is over 186, just over 186,000 miles per second. You can go around our Earth at that speed in seven seconds. Now, to travel from one side of our galaxy to the other side at the speed of light, at the speed of 186,000 miles per second, where I'm from, we say you are hauling, amen. It would take you 100,000 years to get across our galaxy just our galaxy at the speed of light. And our galaxy is one of one billion known galaxy. How big is God? See, most of us have a God that's only big enough to fit in between our thumb and forefinger in our pocket. But my God is bigger than you want him to be. My, my God can take that 100 billion galaxies. And in Isaiah, he tells us that he holds the stars between the span of his hand. That's the distance from his pinky finger to his thumb. And here we are finded, reminded of three created acts of God that are mentioned. The stretching out of the heavens, the laying of the foundation of the earth, and the forming of the spirit of man. He reminds us of the first two to emphasize his sovereignty as creator and ruler and judge over the last. Men think that God can run anything but men. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. If you deny that there is an eternal spirit in a man, you have denied the Holy Spirit as well. This body of flesh is for this life. Your spirit is for eternity. It will your spirit will receive an everlasting body uh, of, of death or, uh, or an everlasting body of glorified of eternal life. But that spirit that is within you in this world will be with you in the next. And again, one of the preachers used to say, the spirit is the real man who inhabits the body during life and at death puts off the tabernacle of flesh and goes out unclothed into the unseen world called by the Jews, Sheol by the Greeks, Hades. Oh, but there will be a body of death. The Bible talks about it. I have gone too long. My time is gone for today. But you join us tomorrow as we continue on here in Zechariah chapter 12, looking forward to the future coming of a received king that has previously been rejected. No longer a pauper. In rags of poverty. 
You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poorhouse to the Palace. From the poor